Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Do you ever have that good exhaustion? You know, like you worked maybe, I don't know, maybe you love to garden and you you spent all day tilling soil and getting things in the ground and you step back and look at your house and and it just looks nice and you're exhausted and everything aches, but it just feels so good. I'm I'm coming to the platform today like that. Uh, I was invited to go and uh, receive some training on assessing people who are called uh, to plant a church. And so I drove down to Ohio, to Piqua, Ohio. It's really fun to be there because that my dad actually pastored uh, in Piqua, Ohio. He pastored the church that was uh, the church that the church I was at was planted out of. And so I was at that church and getting to see that and uh, got a little training and then dove right in and got to be a counselor and, and talk with couples and, and, and people. And it's just, I mean... It, I'm exhausted. I mean, it was, it was, uh, you know, 11 to 10 on Thursday night and then 7.30 to 11 p.m. on, on, uh, on Friday and then yesterday. I'm, I'm just mis- mixing up my days. But the exhaustion was so worth it to hear how God is calling young people and older folks whose kids are gone and God's calling them to plant a church. And man, it's just, So amazing. Came home just soaring high. What an incredible opportunity. Has nothing to do with our message today, but I just wanted to tell you. I mean, I'm just, I'm exhausted, but it is good exhaustion. It just feels so good to have been a part of that and to chat with other pastors. And I I just love that. Today, I want to tell you uh, the story of Hattie Mae Wyatt. Um, This picture was taken before the smile was invented. Uh, of course, you know, it is a painting, so if you had to dress up in a frilly, uncomfortable dress and sit in a non-air-conditioned place while somebody painted your picture, you probably wouldn't be smiling either. But you can see that Hattie Mae Wyatt um, only lived for seven years. She was a child when she died. And uh, the story was told at her funeral by her pastor, This was back in the day when kids really flocked to Sunday school. You didn't have uh, video games, not that there's anything wrong with that, Uh, television, you know, all the other distractions. And so Sunday morning, what? I could go and we could play some games and I could learn some things and maybe do some flannel graphs. I don't know if they had flannel graphs in 1877. But I, I could hear stories and I could be with other kids. Yeah, I'm all in. And she made her way down the block to her church And it was just packed. And she couldn't get in. And the kids were all pressing around because the room was full. And her pastor saw her and knew her family and came up and and he said, Hattie Mae, don't don't you want to go in? You can press in and you can get in there. And she said, there's too many. And he picked her up and he got some distance, some height, and walked her in and got her into a place where she could see and hear the story. And he stayed with her through Sunday school. And out of that, she overheard the pastor talking to an adult saying, our Sunday school class, our Sunday school room needs to grow. It needs to be bigger. 
well, we don't have that. That's going to cost money if we do that. And the church is already under mortgage. And there's just no way that we can do that. Hattie Mae, at, you know, she was probably five or six at the time, heard that and got the message. And she made it her commitment to begin saving every penny she could so that there could be a big enough Sunday school for all the kids to get in. And she did that over Christmas and over birthdays and and doing little chores around the house. And of course, then we already know the end of the story that she got very sick. And the pastor came to visit her and the pastor said, "I, I was praying for her healing, but I could tell by how sick she was. This didn't look good. He went back again and and Hattie Mae's mom, she couldn't come down, but Hattie Mae's mom said she wanted to make sure that the church had everything that she had saved since she heard that kids, they needed money for more kids to hear about Jesus. The total was 57 cents. The pastor took that, and the sad story is that Hattie Mae Wyatt passed away. But she gave all she could with a heart for other people. She gave all she had for a, with a heart for other people. It reminds me of another story that we have in the Bible, a story that Jesus uh, is, is a part of. And so I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles, however you get your Bible, whether that's in book form or whether that's in an app, go ahead and open up to the Gospel of Luke. Luke 21, verses 1 through 5. Luke chapter 21, and just have five short verses today. I'm sorry, you know, we're actually... We're even going to cut one of those verses off. We're just going one through four. Just one through four. And because this is the gospel, the good news about Jesus, would you stand in honor and reverence of the reading of the gospel? The gospel according to Luke. There Jesus says, or there we hear, as he looked up, this is Jesus, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. You may be seated. We are in a series called The Greatest Month of Generosity Ever. And we've been talking about a gift and what a gift means. And trying to stretch beyond just the financial. Looking into some of those things. And what we've Determined is that a gift is something that is given with genuine interest for them. For them. We're putting that in, you know, maybe in quotation marks. For them. I don't know who your them is. It's someone who's not you. It may be somebody that you like and you're concerned about or cared about. It might be someone that you're not, un, you're unsure about. You don't know in any way, shape, or form. But you have a genuine interest for them. And God is stirring up generosity in you to do something 
for them, to serve them, to help them, to give to them. And so today we want to look at this because just like Hattie Mae and just like this widow that we're told about who's unnamed in the gospel, we want to see that our, um, that our finances, whoops, I went too far, that our generosity reveals something. This is something we want to look at today, that our generosity reveals something. I believe it reveals three things, and so I want us to look at that. Our, the first thing that generosity reveals is that our finances reflect our focus. You may want to write that down. Our finances reflect our focus. This is just a fact. Uh, there are many kinds of uh, financial advisors who will tell you what's important in your life simply by looking at your credit card statement or looking at your debit card statement or looking at your check register if anybody does checks anymore. They'll be able to tell because your finances reflect your focus. We see this right here. In the, in the first part of uh, verse 1 and the, and the first part of and verse 2, Jesus says, As he looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Now, right away, we're already focusing on what was given. But this passage really is all about where is your focus. And so I want to stretch us just a little bit. Yes, our finances will point to what we focus on, but this whole passage is really about focus. If you were to read in the chapters just before, you see Jesus having all these theological arguments with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious teachers of his day. And, and it's, it's kind of fun. He kind of gets the best of all of them. Uh, he's just so, not, nobody can bring anything against him and then right after this story the disciples start focusing on the temple and the grandeur and glory of it and then jesus says don't put your focus there because sometime in the future not one single stone will rest upon another and then they start focusing on well when's that going to happen And, and then you and i just join in with them because we hear jesus message there and we start thinking oh the end times and we start writing out our biblical prophecy charts and we we focus on that But right in the smack dab middle of focusing on theological arguments or focusing on the beautifulness of a building, there's this little tiny story. Jesus sees a widow, a woman who probably only made money based on what somebody gave to her while she was begging. And she's putting... She's putting two of those coins, all she had, into the temple treasury. Now, you and I, we think, oh, okay, well, it's an offering plate. She's just putting it in the offering. You know, good for her. No, there's, there's something going on. You, you need to hear how this happens. Because the temple treasury was to be distributed to, the, to vulnerable people. That's what the temple treasury was all about. It was something that was supposed to be distributed to vulnerable people. That widow could have sat back and said, you know, I am vulnerable people. And so why go through the process of putting my two coins in there when I need those two coins? I'm vulnerable people. I should just take what I have. 
But her finances showed where her focus was. And her focus was on vulnerable people. Her financial focus was on other people and not on her own problems. That she was looking to the needs of others. I'm sure she was blatantly aware of her own financial situation. And yet her focus was on... This is what God has called me to do and to look to the needs of others. And I don't know who those others were for her. But she put those coins in. And she was trusting that the treasury would work like it was supposed to. And that the Levites on the other side of when those were put in would break that up and would distribute and make sure that this widow's needs were met. She was focused on other people, not on her own problem. Maybe we want to pause here for just a moment and, and reflect about this widow and about Hattie Mae and say, what focus does my finances reflect? Where is the focus for you? Is it like this poor widow who's focused on others? Where is our focus financially let's move on to number two number two what we see in this passage is that sacrifice shows who you serve sacrifice shows who you serve jesus says in verse three and the first part of chapter uh, verse four i tell you the truth he said this poor widow has put in more than all the others all these people gave their gifts out of their wealth but she out of her poverty i've already said the temple is where uh, all of this this treasury was used or was to be used to uh, meet the needs of other people but the temple itself was where god and humanity were to meet they were to come together and there's a lot of ritual and a lot of things that go on but when you boil it all down the temple was the place where god and humanity to were, were to meet And so this woman in coming into the temple, in giving her two coins, in giving her sacrifice, was showing who she was serving. And she was wrestling like we have been wrestling all this month to understand she was coming. This was where God and humanity is to meet. And God was concerned about making sure that the needs of others were met. So I'm not going to focus on my problem. I'm going to give and focus on other people. And that there's something about that giving to focus on other people that is loving God. And when you love God, God directs you back to love other people. And then while you're loving other people, that shows that you are loving and serving God. Do you see how this just beautifully goes back and forth and back and forth as we love people and love God? And we love God by loving people. The sacrifice shows who we serve. Probably the best example of this that we have in our day and age, we just passed this past week. Because, you see, sacrifice isn't measured by what you have before you give, but what you have left after you give. That's what Jesus is saying, that the sacrifice isn't measured by what you have before you give, but by what you have left after you give. And what we see in our day and age, we just passed this past Thursday, is Veterans Day. 
Why does that raise up in us such emotion? Because we see that by people who are serving in the military, they are, who are sacrificing in the military, I should say, they're showing who they serve. That's, that's us. That's you. That's, that's me. I loved, I was talking with Kathy DeYoung. I had put something on Facebook, you know, for Veterans Day, thanking veterans. And, you know, I just put it at the end, hashtag, thanks for your service. And she said, I was talking to a friend who's in the military as well, and Jim and Kathy served. And he said, his response now back when people say thank you for your service is to tell them you were worth it. Isn't that awesome? Sacrifice reveals, it shows who you serve. Can I just take a minute? Uh, if you are someone who served in the military, would you just stand right where you are, all around? We just want to say thank you for your service. Would you stand if you served in the military in any capacity? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we, the reason we get emotional on those things is because we realize it was us you were serving. Your sacrifice showed us that we were who you were serving. So thank you. And our financial sacrifice, the way we give towards others, shows who we are serving. And as a church, that is to be that we are loving God by loving other people. And loving other people reveals that we are loving God. That's what it means to be generous. We have one more. One more thing that our finances reveal. And that is that generosity mirrors God's grace. Generosity really mirrors God's grace. We've talked about this from the very beginning when we said God was so generous and God created us, male and female, in His image. So we are called at the very core of who we are. We are generous. And generosity mirrors God's grace. The last verse there, the last half, Jesus is commenting about this woman who has given towards others and sacrificed, showing her service to God and others. He says, all these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. She didn't leave anything back. She gave it all. That makes us nervous to give all. And yet, she knows somehow she is an embodiment. She is the image of this generous God who gave all. And Jesus, in the midst of all the theological arguments that came before, and in all the philosophical arguments and the eschatological arguments, don't you love my big words today? In all of those arguments, he points and narrows down to a poor widow who's putting two small coins that probably were less than Hattie Mae's 57 cents into a thing. And he points to her and says, that's the kingdom. That's what God looks like. God gives all everything. So take your theological arguments, take your eschatological arguments and the beauty of a temple. It all boils down to God gives all. 
And there it is right there in those two small coins given by a woman who could use them to feed herself, but she's looking to the needs of others. She's sacrificing to show that she is serving God and others. And she is reflecting God's grace. Now we don't know what her two little coins did out into the world. It's all the story we hear. That's all the story of the story we get to hear. Jesus just points and says, that's what God looks like right there. But we do know what God can do when there is a generous, others-focused sacrifice. I mean, you can take the example of the loaves and fishes if you want. But I'm, I have a hunch that if we took the time to tell stories, we could hear about how God's giving everything to you showed His grace and His mercy to you. And that there are times when you have given a little bit of energy, a little bit of material, a little bit of involvement, a little bit of your talent, and God has used that in some pretty miraculous ways. I want to tell you how it, how it ended for Hattie Mae Wyatt. You see, the story of her 57 cents doesn't end with a pastor getting that. See, the pastor came a few weeks later, and I guess there were some nickels and dimes in there, so he had everything changed into pennies, 57 cents, and he put them at the front and the altar. And he told the story of Hattie Mae and her desire for her sacrifice to serve others and her desire for her gift, her genuine interest for them to be used to mirror God's grace. And people in the congregation began to say, I'll pay this for one penny. 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 And at the end, after all the pennies were gone, they had $250. a lot of money back then. (laughs) And the cool thing is, everybody gave whatever they gave plus one penny. So they still had the pennies and he he put them in and they were able to go and they were able to get a mortgage and they were able to buy the property just north of the church and they were able to begin getting ready so that there was a Sunday school class that was large enough for all the kids in the neighborhood. But it didn't stop there because they began to see that people needed to give and soon because of what God was doing, because of little Hattie Mae's 57 cents, the church was packed. And so they realized they needed, and so they brought out the 57 cents again. And this time people began to give more, and they began to, to, to put in pennies that $250 that they got. And people began to give always with that one penny back. And they began to see, and over time it's grown and it's grown. And that little 57 cents from Hattie Mae Wyatt is now where people are healed on a daily basis and is known as Temple University Medical Center. From a gift of a little girl who showed that her finances were focused on others, who sacrificed to serve God and others, and whose little gift revealed God's amazing grace. So what's your 57 cents? Maybe it's 
This is just one of the loads that went to Averhill Elementary School. 57 cents, and it reveals God's grace to some kids who will have full bellies and some teachers who see a church that would take a little bit of time to show that their sacrifice is, is, is focused on serving God and serving others. What is your 57 cents, my friend? And, and get your mind off money. Maybe it's not even money. Maybe it's something else. What is your gift? What is your genuine interest for them? And then whatever that is, however small you think it is, go and do it. Maybe you're like me sometimes when I I go out on Sunday morning and my neighbor's newspaper is in my driveway. Just pick it up and take it over and put it on their porch. They don't have to go out into the cold. What is your 50 seven cents maybe when you're doing your weekly grocery shopping it will be a part of supporting our food pantry maybe it will be our teen ministry of helping hands and feet and you've got some gloves or some mittens or some gently worn boots and you can get those here and and that's your 57 cents and you're never going to know where that is helping someone else but you are going to know that your desire is to serve someone else because god is worshiped by our service of others And it reflects his generosity. What is your 57 cents? Next Sunday, the next two Sundays, we have the opportunity to give towards world mission. This is to help someone else that you'll never meet, most likely, this side of heaven. But you have an opportunity to give. Maybe it's 57 cents. I don't know, little kids. What can you scrape together? Whatever it is. Will you come ready to give that to show that my finance, I want my finances laser focused on the purposes of God. I want my sacrifice to show who I serve and that is God by serving others. And by serving others, I'm, I'm, I'm showing my love and, and, and desire to serve God. And that this little gift, whatever it is that you give, will reflect His grace out into the world what will you give what's your 57 cents i think it's just so appropriate that we would end today with such a little gift a little piece of bread and a little juice that focuses us on the grace of God and reveals that mirrors that maybe this is why Jesus did that if you don't have one would you raise your hand we'll make sure that you get one and if you would like one Jim would you go out and grab grab a few of those thank you we want to make sure because if there's one thing we know about Jesus He wants as many people at his table as possible. And so today, I want you to know that if this is your first time with us, you're invited. The only thing I ask is, are you hungry for a God who can take 57 cents and show his amazing grace out into the world? If anyone else wants to take, just raise your hand right where you are. If you don't have that, Jim will bring those to you. Okay. Go ahead and open those up. We'll do the noisy bit. 
something small that gives so much grace for you, for our everyday lives. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread, He blessed it, and He broke it, and He said, This is my body, broken for you. Take and eat. The same night, He took the cup and He poured wine into it and said, This is my blood, blood of the new covenant shed for you. Take and drink all of it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your sacrifice. that like this widow's gift showed who you were serving. And we are grateful that we get to receive somehow through this little tiny piece of bread and this little tiny cup of juice, somehow we receive your grace for our everyday life. And today... I'm praying for us as a church that that little gift of grace, your gift, your genuine interest for them, which is us, would inspire us to allow our finances to focus on others. To call us to put everything down. May our sacrifice show who we are serving. And God, may our generosity reveal your grace to those around us. Inspire us. Call us back. Open our eyes and our hearts to those around us. For we pray and we ask all of these things. Through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit one God, forever and forever generous. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand with us and stand online? Thank you for joining us. I want to send you out with blessing. And now, may you take this little story to heart. And may the small moments of generosity begin to flow out of you. And reflect God's grace to a broken world. May it be small candlelights in the darkness that reveals the light of the world who has come. I pray as you go and give that you will do this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Thank you for joining us online. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to send something through to us in the comment section. We love you. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.
We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3nas.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.